on this episode of The Naturist Living Show, The Naked City of Kaptag. This episode of The Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca Welcome, dear listener, to episode 135 of The Naturist Living Show. My name is Stéphane Deschain. I'm your host for this podcast and the owner of Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. And today we're going to be talking about the infamous naked city of Capdag. It's actually called the Nature's Village, Le Village Natus de Capdag, most officially, uh, but it's often referred to as the naked city in the press. But before we go on with that, we need to thank some of our supporters. This episode is brought to you by the very generous support of John R., Ian M., Ben P., Shell G., and Patrick. Thank you to all of you and to everyone who is continuing to support the show and myself. Your generosity every month is so incredibly motivating and appreciated. If you're not already supporting the show and would like to, please visit patreon.com slash naturist living show. All one word. We would truly appreciate the support. Thanks so much. It's the Mediterranean town of Cap Dag, located in the south of France near the Spanish border. It has everything most cities have, but a visitor quickly realizes there is something quite different here that sets this place apart from hundreds of other such resort cities. They're all naked. We wondered why they do it. Well, I explain that it's just natural. I mean, you were born with no clothes on and it seems to be uh, perfectly natural to go around without clothes on, in the right weather, obviously. So that was a 1984 little documentary on a television show in Canada called W5 on a network called CTV. The uh, host there, Jim Reed, is uh, actually goes to Kepdag, and there is there's actually a surprising amount of nudity, something which I do not think you would see on public television today. They are full genitals, males and females, in complete view and as they they would be in kept act and uh including children and i think that's what would make it incorrect and wrong today for some reason uh we we've gone backwards in terms of our tolerance in so many ways but it's a very interesting documentary because it does seem like a little eden it seems like a perfect place and it's that kind of reputation that's made captagd this mythical destination that everyone wants to go to um, it's, it's, it was, uh, a grand project. It started, uh, in 1954. There were two, uh, brothers by the name of René and Paul Ultra, Ultra, 
in the French pronunciation. And they had a vineyard. And uh, they, in 1954, some naturists this asked if they could camp uh, amongst uh, their in their fields because their their campground was on the beach and it was a beautiful area uh, on the Mediterranean. And he agreed and saw the potential. By 1956, he'd gotten permission to change to a campground because he saw there was a lot more. They saw there was a lot more potential and revenue in that. And by 1957, um, they had 700 people camping there during the summer. And by the mid-60s, over 3,500. So it was indeed far more profitable than the farming they were doing before. But then in the 1960s, uh, the French government under the Charles de Gaulle government uh, started the Racine mission, Racine mission, Racine mission. Um, and the plan is was to develop the Languedoc-Roussillon region, which is an area of the Mediterranean that did not typically have tourism. Everybody was going towards the, uh, the French rivieras, you know, uh, near uh, Cannes and those areas. And but uh, a lot of the middle class uh, French would go to Spain, where it was more affordable. And the idea was to create these resorts in the south of France in that area that was underutilized, um, in order to attract uh, or keep the French tourism there. And, and the plan was to create 20 centers, and they started with the six largest, and one of them was in the town of Agde. So Cap d'Agde and Agde are basically the same place. Uh, but Agde was a municipality that already existed. And the fear, of course, for the ultras was that uh, this was going to uh, negatively affect their business because this resort would come in and all these textiles would drive out or force out the naturist, which was a key part of their business. So he got together with the FFN, the French Naturist Federation, the Fédération Française de Naturisme, and the INF, the International Naturist Federation, and they lobbied the government and basically told them, look, you know, naturists come from all over. It, it draws tourism from Germany and uh, Austria and Belgium and the Netherlands and the UK. These folks come not just when the French take their vacation, but all summer long. And they bring tourist dollars and they come to my campground. And it's good business. And we should have at least one of these centers built for naturists. And surprise, surprise, they were successful. And the government agreed to create the Agde uh, Resort as a naturist area. And so they spent 500 million euros to develop this swampy area, moved the ultra campground to a new area so that it could be, uh, there'd be the, the room for the development. There was, and, and what was built and then opened in the 1974 was this enormous area uh, that had lots of buildings, four to five stories high, uh, two kilometers of beach. Um, it had lots of apartments and it had villas. There was a marina and, of course, there were shops and restaurants. Um, it was, by all intents and purposes, a naturist vill a village or city. It's true. And it got lots of press. That documentary from 84 was just one of many that covered this. And it created this image and this reputation and this, it's, it was uh, really mythical. It was uh, legendary in a lot of naturists around the world who were stuck in small resorts and clubs. Of course, France had some very large resorts uh, already, but this is what made the news because you could drive your car and pop your gas, and it truly was a city in so many places. And it gets uh, still today about 40,000 people every summer. 
it's an enormous business and it's an enormous part of the city of Ag's revenue. I was there a long time ago in 1993. So that is well over 30 years ago. And uh, at that point, there was actually two two issues, uh, but it, everything was pretty much as was described in this nature city. It was fairly clothing optional, which was a little annoying. There was a lot of clothed people, especially at night in restaurants, but that's not unusual in uh, French uh, naturism, especially the larger resorts. Um, the shopkeepers, unlike in this 1984 uh, video, were all clothed. Um, and that's still the way it is today, from what I understand. There was always the reputation of the uh, sexual escapades happening, but you didn't see them on the beach. It happened in the dunes. And um, in fact, if there was a complaint, it was that people with clothes were on the beach. And at, around that time, there was a fair bit of press uh, because they had basically put in these clothing cops uh, who would go on the beach and tell people that they had to take their clothes off uh, or the anti-clothing cops. So a lot has changed since then. And uh, as it turns out, not very long ago, some folks that I respect greatly both uh, wrote about this and talked about it. So first, let's hear from Nick and Liz, who we've heard on this show many times before. Often when you write about visits to nature's places, you are very positive this was a little bit more critical than usual. So what tell what was your impression of Capdag? We initially we weren't even planning to go to Capdag because we've heard the stories and of course stories can be wrong but when there are so many stories that all say the same there must be some truth in it. But eventually we thought like we are known as nature's travel bloggers and it would be strange if we didn't at least go there and check it out for ourselves. So we went for 24 hours, more or less. It was less. It was less. <laughs> yeah. And it was more than enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We left earlier yeah. because it was too much. Yeah. It's yeah, it's not the kind of place that we would like to promote. Uh, we always try to see the good things in places and we try to, yeah, not to put too much attention on the negative sides if there are any. But in Capduct, we just, we didn't have any choice. It's, yeah. And also we, um, for us, it was time that the world needed to know what Capduct yeah. really is. Um, because everywhere around the world, when we, when we are traveling, people say, oh, it's my dream to go to the, um, the biggest naturist village in the world and I'm gonna save money and blah, blah. And then we're like, why, <laughs> why? It's not what you think it is. It's just, it's good marketing. And I think it was time that the world needed to know how Capdag really is. So, yep. so tell us a story for the 24 hours from the time you arrived to the time you were driven away. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny, a funny story. Um, yeah, you, you can tell me. Well, we, we arrived, we <laughs> went... passports. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, we, were st we didn't stay inside of the naturist village because it was, um, it was the heat of this high season. It was way too expensive. So we booked us a place just outside of it and still in the town Capduct, but not in the naturist part. And then we had to walk about half an hour. Yeah. 
And then we arrived uh, at the entrance. At and a they, big, big gate. At a big uh, gate. And they asked for our passports. <laughs> and I had not thought about taking mine. And that's a, it's one of the big mistakes about Cap Dag, is that people think that it's an actually village. It is not it's just a, a big resort that happens to be a part of a village. But you still have to pass by a gate and you need to show your passport. And you have to pay entrance. And you have to pay an entrance fee. That's why we, yeah, that, so we had to go back to the apartment, then walk back. <laughs> and then we just, we went to the beach. It was yeah, a crowded beach. We noticed that there was more looking and being looked at than uh, in re most other places than we vis that we visit. But yeah, that was still kind of comfortable. But then we walked to the outskirts of the beach and it's like, yeah, you see people have, people have sex there. There's, there's a lot of voyeurism, a lot of exhibitionism. But okay, it's known that that part is there. Um, so we returned to the other part. We went to the beach bar, which was really great. And then in the evening we went for dinner. And there are thousands and thousands of people in Cap Dag, but we were pretty much the only naked mm -hmm. ones. Mm -hmm. It was in the middle of summer. No, it was in the middle of summer. It was 30, 35 degrees outside. So no reason to put on clothes. <laughs> but wow. Okay, okay. Also, that is kind of a, a French thing. And not really the French, but people who travel in French, naturists who travel in French, they tend to dress up in the evening. So even that is not that awkward. But after dinner, we wanted to go to a bar and we were refused because we were naked. <laughs> And then you start questioning uh, the the term naturist village. This is the naturist village. It's the most known naturist place, place in all of the world. But if you want to have a drink at night, you need to get dressed. Yeah. So I asked the, um, um, the bartender, like, okay, if I just put on a rope around my breasts, would that be fine? And he said, yes, then you can enter the bar. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, the clothes we saw, they have a... <laughs> yeah. There were ropes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was not nothing more. But even from because you missed you missed the part. The moment when you enter Cap uh, Dag, so you you paid your fee at the entrance, and then the moment that you are in the uh, naturist village, the only thing that you see are big yeah. billboards with uh, oh, tonight uh, sex show. Um, at blah 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 hotel uh, uh, tomorrow. Um, Swing, a big swingers party there. Swingers party there. Foam party. Um, clothed foam party there. Uh, huge billboards, and we were like, "What is this? What? What? Yeah, it was really weird for us. We we've seen a lot of the world, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, it was weird. It was a weird feeling that I had <clears throat> because also you arrive. Um, a big parking space so it's not fancy it's just concrete cars and sex billboards <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing that you see when you enter Cap Dog. so uh, did you see anything that seemed like normal nature's place well, the the beach uh, the one side of the beach is uh, the it's called the the if you in unofficial terms the real nature's beach that's where the nature are, and the other beach are more called like the swingers beach and the gay beach but even the nature's beach you see like i said there's a lot of looking and being looked at a lot of people parading up and down the beach a lot of um genital jewelry and we are very open-minded when it comes to genital jewelry but 
sometimes you just see that it's like this is just there to attract the attention and mm -hmm. there's 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 this atmosphere we've been to to hundreds of nature's beaches around the world and we can easily sense a different atmosphere mm -hmm. and some beaches have that uh, some beaches are the most relaxed places in the world like the beaches like you don't really feel feel good when you are there no no i have a i have a high limit um when it comes to feeling comfortable or feeling uncomfortable um and it was the first time in my life that I felt really uncomfortable um, and um, that was when a guy was laying one meter next <laughs> to us and he was looking at us and playing with himself um, and just and really looking at us and I was like okay this is one bridge too far mm -hmm. let's go but yeah. e even before we were I think we were on the beach about three four meters from from the sea I walked away from Linz to go yeah. to, to go into the sea. I didn't even get to the sea because before there's a guy talking to her. Mm -hmm. It's like, how did this guy get here so fast? <laughs> <laughs> so, and you guys are not prudes or anything. I know you've been to places like uh, Desire, mm -hmm. I think, mm -hmm. in uh, a resort, which is not even doesn't pretend to be a naturist resort. Mm -hmm. So you're not bothered by sex, particularly. No, particularly. no, no, we are not. But it's. It's all about giving things the right name and about respect. We, we found Cap Dagdam most of all a very, very unrespectful place. And dirty. And is, is dirty the right word? It, yeah, it looks cheap. Yeah, cheap. It's, yeah. It feels yeah. very cheap. It feels very cheap. And, yeah. and the, peop the people there, n nobody was like the guy who just starts laying next to Linz and starts playing with himself. And you it's, were there. You, I, were, I, I, you were laying next I, I, to Linz. I'm there too. It's like, what, what is your problem? Like, what are you doing? But it's, it's also like, in France, naturism has existed for a very, very long time. Everybody knows it's about non-sexual uh, nudity. Just going to nature's places and, and, and uh, have sex there, it's not respectful. How people treated us was not respectful. We, we went to, to the beach bar, like this very nice couple starts talking to us, we have a great conversation, and then the question comes, like, yeah, are you swingers? They say no. They just, they turn around and they walk away from us. Yeah. It's like, at least you can say goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, they were Do you smell they were, or something yeah. because we say that said that. Yeah. They were shopping, and you know they weren't interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and, and and we we haven't visited um, the the Rene Ultra campsites. No, no. Uh, we have to say that truly. Um, we, we heard that it's also at least some part is yeah. genuine naturist. But yeah. honestly, I find it really hard to believe that it's true. How can how can a true naturist venue exists in a place like that i i just wonder why if you want to go to a nature's place there are uh, about a hundred in france okay Kabdag is one of the few that is at the mediterranean but 30 but minutes 30 yeah. minutes from come from Kabdag is serignan plage which is like it's 30 minutes from Kabdag, and it's also on this they, they also have their own beach yeah so it's basically a small version of a cab dog, but without the whole sex thing. So why don't people go there if they? Why do people keep going to to cab dog and keep claiming that it's nothing sexual? There's no nothing sexual at cab dog. 
It's just, it's not true. We've been there. We've seen it. It's not true. And just call it what it is. Yeah. That is our biggest frustration. Don't call it the nature's village. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's a, not. It's a place where you can get naked, where you can have sex with each other or not, whatever you want. But it's not the nature's village. Yeah. And the ultra camping, even if, let's assume that it is a naturist camping, it's on the beach that you described, right? So you, you, you wouldn't be able to use the beach with your kids without seeing what you saw. Yeah. yeah no. if we, we don't yeah. have kids, but if we had kids, I would never let them alone on the... I on would the, never go to Cap Dark. No, I would never. not go to Cap Dark in the first place. No but way. If we happened to be there accidentally, we, I would never get let them alone, walk yeah. around, because there's... Yeah. I'm I'm saying no way, but may, that's not true. To educate them, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when, they're old, when they're older, when they're older, to educate them because I think it's important that that people know, uh, but call it what it is. And this, my dear, is a pervert. Mm, yes. <laughs> Here you are. Take a picture of it. It lasts longer. <laughs> uh, it's illegal in France to have sex in public on a beach. Mm -hmm. But you didn't see anybody trying to stop anything? No. No. Uh, I got the idea that it's tolerated in Kapdak because it's a, it's a huge money machine. And that's one of the reasons why most of the places are turning towards swingers because it's, uh, yeah, swingers spend a lot of money, much more than the average naturist does. So, yeah, I think the, the police and, and, and everybody who should keep an eye on those things rather prefers to close an eye just because yeah, there's a lot of money going on. And in the summer months, they have mm. up to 40,000 people a day. Mm. And that's, that's fine. Again, yeah. we, we, we don't have problems with the existence of Gabdad. No, definitely not. Um, just with the name. Just with the name, yeah. And uh, yeah, they're the myth that hangs around it. When you say that most places are turning towards swingers, you mean most places at Cap Dag? Yeah. 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 Well, I, I think especially if the naturists stop coming, it becomes a, a circle, right? Does naturists mm -hmm. don't come because they don't like it? So the, who are they going to cater to if you're there and you have a business? The swingers. Mm -hmm. the swingers. No. So it's, it's, it was busy. Despite all that, you were there and it was very busy. It was Definitely very busy. Was. It was very, very busy. I think we were yeah. there in August, which is, of course, one of the busiest months of the year, but it was very, very busy. Mm -hmm. Did you see families? Did you see people who looked like regular naturists? People who looked like regular naturists? Probably. But families... Yeah, and, and, I, and, and I truly believe that you, that you, if you are a naturist, that you can go to Cap yeah. but not for... For enjoying naturism, mm. then you go there to enjoy something else. No, that's not true. Because we know, we've heard from, from naturists who have been going to Cap Dagda for, for 10, 20, 30 years. And they, they tell us, if you know where to go, you'll, you won't see anything strange. But you, you shouldn't go to the other side of the beach. You shouldn't go out at night. It's like, <sighs> yeah, that's not the kind of place I want to go. If I, if I have to be careful where to go not to see sex, it's like, yeah, maybe I should go to another place. Yeah. But I think we saw a lot of couples, we saw lots and lots of couples. Mm -hmm. And yeah, not, defi no kids. Not, definitely not, not everybody were swingers. I'm absolutely no. sure that there were many genuine naturists among them. Uh, but very few families. We haven't seen many families no, there. No, no. Hmm. Which is, I think, a good thing. One of the things I've heard people talk about, I think that fascinates them, is this idea 
that Kaptag is a, a city and it's, you know, it's, it's just like living in a real city and you, you can drive your car and there's like, you can go to the bank, you can go to grocery store is, and maybe that's part of the appeal that they want to experience that, um, is that the only place you can experience living nude in a community? No, I was just going to say. No. There is, there is an, another place. It's called Lucat uh, Village. Um, it's uh, more south. And it's actually, to me, it looked much more like a village than Kapdag because it's with real houses and, and a beach. Of course, it's, it's also a secluded area from, from the town Lucat. And in, in Spain, there's Fira Playa. On the on the Canary Islands, it's um, Charco del Palo. Palo. There are several other places like that, and of course in France there are the big resorts, Euronat, Sehagem. Mm -hmm. They they also feel you can also drive your car there. You can also go to the grocery shop. You can go to the bakery. To the bakery. Can, yeah, yeah. There's an ATM. It's not a real bank, but it's an ATM. So you can do those things in other places as well. Mm -hmm. So if you never go to Cap Dag, have you missed something as a naturist? No, I would say no. But on the other hand, the only um, the only reason why I would recommend uh, people to go to Cap Dag is like just go there, have a look, yeah. and see how it's, how it how it really is. Yeah. Just just pop the bubble, get rid of the myth, and just see what it's mm -hmm. yeah what the disturbing place it really is. And then move on. And tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends. <laughs> because otherwise people will keep thinking that it's the, the heaven on earth for naturists, mm -hmm. which it's, it's not. Mm -hmm. But you have to, I think you have to see it for yourself. Maybe yeah. just once. Yeah, but know what, know what you're going to yeah. see or what might happen. Yeah. Be prepared. Be, be prepared. Do your research. Yeah. Do you have any idea how that happened? Like, because everything that I've read in the beginning, Kapdag was naturist. Do you have any idea why it failed or failed, changed, I guess? Let's not be judgmental. From, from the very beginning, it started as a very, very commercial place. Um, because it was built by, by Georges Pompidou, who built the whole, the whole Mediterranean coast, basically, and they wanted to have apart for naturist tourists so they wouldn't all drive through France all the way to, uh, to Spain but actually stay in France. So it was from a very very commercial point of view built. It has always been like that. They had a lot of marketing while other naturist organizations and clubs and resorts didn't really do much marketing or didn't want to appear in the media. They did. So they have been probably been attracting a, a different audience from the very beginning. And then it's just, yeah, money goes a long way and they have always, I believe they have always found, uh, searched for the, for the way that brought in the most money. And they will, that's why they probably were more open to, uh, to swingers, to, uh, to everybody libertine when the other naturist resorts were not. And I think that was, and so it keeps growing when nobody wants to allow swingers and one place says, yeah, it's fine, you can come here. It's a ball that gets rolling. But as you said, there are enormous commercial naturist operations that are, are, you know, thousands and thousands of people that go there who haven't gone in that direction. You, what's the difference? 
Yeah, but they, they have not been that commercial uh, for so long. Capdag has been commercial since the very beginning. While the other, most of the other commercial resorts that there are now in, in France, they have only been like that for the last decade or two, maybe. I think, I think I'm not really sure about this. So do you think the other commercial resorts may go in that direction someday? It will depend from resort to resort. Of course, the whole swinger scene is becoming more and more socially accepted as well. Because in the past, we've seen this happening in, uh, in other countries as well, that swingers just hide under the name naturist because swinging is illegal and naturism is not. But in, I believe that in countries like France, it will become more and more, places will call themselves what they really are. I hope that they will do that. It's like, it's like that, that place in, in Florida, what's it called? Um, Caliente. Caliente. Mm -hmm. It's, it has always been called itself a nudist resort, mm -hmm. but like there's no nudist resort that calls itself Caliente. It's <laughs> and the pictures that they were posting yeah. and the events that they were organizing. But now yeah. they are open. Yeah, yeah it's they, out in the open of that course, they are swingers. Of course, because they they recognize that it's better to just say what we are. We mm -hmm. will, it's much easier marketing. We won't have the naturist who will complain that there's sex, and. Yeah, people who want to come just will just come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there is a market for that. There's all kinds of businesses, right? And Absolutely. Of course. We've, we've had people come to Bear Oaks who are swingers, and but they say they come here because they don't want to do that while they're here. You know, yeah. They, they go to another place for that, and so they're actually That's very fine. protective of the non-swinger side of things here. So, mm -hmm. yeah. it's. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It always frustrates me how there's people pretending to be naturist uh, when they're clearly not, or, or I guess misunderstanding. That's the other problem, right? There are some people who think naturist just means you're naked, and since you're naked when you have sex, then it's uh, naturist. But is that really still happening? I'm talking like in the Western world. I understand, like in, in some countries, that there's still a confusion where countries where naturism is very young. Or, or, or doesn't really isn't really legal at all, but like naturism has existed for such a long time in in the Western world. Do people still confuse that a lot, or are they just hiding, or are they just afraid uh, to admit to themselves that they are more than just people who want to be naked? I think they are still confused if if they're not naturists. Like if you if you're like us, you get, you understand. But the general public, because these places have always been around using the term incorrectly, are confused because they've seen it, right? There's proof. I was walking in Paris in uh, a couple of years ago, and I passed by a massage parlor, and there was a woman reclining in the window, in the picture on the window, and it said, massage naturiste, <laughs> right? It, we all know what that means. That means she's naked for your pleasure. It's not. Yep. There's nothing naturist about it as far as those who get it. But for the public who keeps walking by, they're going to go, yeah, okay, naturist, sex. And yep. it's funny because a massage is, is almost naked. When you're having a massage, you're naked. Yeah, but the, the person <laughs> yeah, who gives no, the massage... No, normally not. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's a... It's a it's a wink, wink, right? There's a little bit more than just a naked part, of course. Yeah, it's, but it's a kind of, they use naturism as some kind of massage that makes it more, because they, they, they could write a naked massage, 
but then it's a, maybe a little bit too much in your face. Mm. I don't know. Or yeah. Just call yeah. it massage with happy ending. What's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's or, nothing or wrong or with that. Full service. <laughs> <laughs> full service. Yeah. yeah, keep it easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. And don't confuse know. people. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't think there's actually more money. People have said, you know, all these uh, naturist places will eventually go swingers because there's more money. I, I don't buy that. I think that there's two different businesses and they're not compatible. So you have to decide which way you go, one way or the other. But I, there is plenty of money in naturism without the sex. Don't you think? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, it depends on. Where. <laughs> You're not sure. If you look, no, if you look at places like like Euronaut, they get ten thousands of people every day in the ten thousand people every day in the summer months. There's a lot of money going on, mm-hmm. but for some for some reason the yeah the, the the swingers places are it's more easy. It's not more money. It's more easy money, because they charge a lot for everything. They're often much more expensive. Um, so it's much easier. To, I think it's easier, maybe easier to make money in the swingers world than it is in the naturist world. I think it's easier to make money fast, like you say, easy money. Yeah. If you're looking at a long-term sustainability, I've heard from uh, places uh, that cater to swingers that one of the problems is that they're fickle. They need new all the time. Mm-hmm. They don't, you know, a naturist yeah. will happily go to the same place year after year after year because they like it there. But the excitement of being a swinger is you want new all the time. You don't want the same thing. I definitely believe that. And at almost exactly the same time, um, the meandering naturist wrote also about Capdag. Uh, The meandering naturist is uh, mostly Dan writing, but it's Dan and Charlotte um, and, uh, and, and family, they travel as a family, as you'll hear. And I've, he's, they've never been, or he's never been on the show before. Um, but I've been reading, uh, his blog for many years and there's lots of wonderful, uh, posts and articles and thoughts there, which I will, uh, put in the show notes as well. But let's listen to their experience at CapDAG. I'm Dan Carlson the meandering naturist, uh, my wife and I, Charlotte, uh, we are, uh, I, I like to say lifelong naturist. Uh, she discovered naturism in college when she took a human sexuality class and visited a nude beach. And uh, then we started dating a couple of years after that and I became intrigued. And, uh, and then I guess I became obsessed with naturism. So that's now been, <laughs> 36 years and, and change uh, that we've been married and have three kids that we raised also as naturists, uh, which I think is going to be important to this uh, particular episode because um, we ended up uh, fleeing to France in the summers uh, so that we could take our children to a place where we felt that uh, was a great naturist environment. And um, uh being a little politically correct here, I would say that was well before uh, Bear Oaks was up and running. So there were not many options in North America. So, um, so yeah, I am the meandering naturist, a blogger, and my main passion uh, in blogging is simply trying to get the message out there that uh, 
that naturism is holistic and good for the human and the soul and good for your kids and good for your self-esteem. Um, and, um, and, so, and, and actually has been a really uh, meaningful and pivotal part of our relationship in our now 36 years of marriage. And so. how long have you been blogging? Uh, well, uh, my first blogging effort uh, were in the early 2000s. Uh, uh, it was actually a web page because we hadn't quite figured out the blogging thing or what that meant. And then I actually started this thing called the Nature's Family Network. I was hell-bent on uh, finding other naturist families in the United States. and uh, But that really didn't work out. Um, that like so many of these message boards that come and go, uh, uh, a lot of lonely folks sh signed up and we talked to each other about being lonely, and, but it, it didn't really lead uh, to anything productive. So after a couple of years, I let both of those projects go and some other uh, professional endeavors got, uh, got the biggest piece of the pie. And then in 2013, I'm a university professor, so uh, my students are listening. I'll say, hey there. Uh, I'm a university professor in the Mid-Atlantic. And um, so um, in 2013, I had a sabbatical and we spent a year in France, uh, living in France and traveling a lot about Europe. And uh, so I began a new blog about that time uh, called The Meandering Naturist. Uh, just mainly to talk about our nature's travels. By the time our children were all grown and out of the house, and uh, so to talk about family naturism, I had to do that sort of in past tense. Except that um, the funny thing about our kids, who are now all in their early thirties, we have three. Uh, <laughs> they are most willing to be naturist uh, and come join us in France or Croatia or wherever if we buy the plane ticket and put them up. So um, but, <laughs> I uh, yeah I understand uh, that situation that, that works that's a pretty good arrangement uh but actually we we are much happier with that than so many people that we meet that oh no 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 we we discovered naturism after our children were gone and they don't know or they don't like it or uh our kids are are to to varying degrees willing participants and and um co-conspirators if you will so the folks listening know this is a an episode about Cap Dag, which has quite this reputation. It's kind of a mythical destination for many natures who've never been to to Cap Dag or to Europe. Uh, but they all they've all heard of the Naked City and uh, yeah. dream of going there often. But you're actually you're at Le Cat right now, which is just down the road on the Mediterranean. Why why are you not at Cap Dag? <laughs> oh, where to begin? Uh, well, for one thing, uh, um, my wife will follow me anywhere, except I think at this point, uh, she would qualify that and say, I will follow you anywhere other than Cap Dag. Uh, we were there last, um, uh, I want to say two or three summers ago. Uh, actually, uh, I was working on a project in the south of France and uh, a couple friends were with us, and um, 
this was a non-naturist project that we were working on together, but a couple of friends were with us. One that had already uh, discovered naturism and was uh, eager to to see this storied place, and the other who was, was, in fact, I think this was his first naturist experience, amazingly. And uh, so we said, well, we should we should just take the day trip. We were up in Provence. We should just take the day trip and, and go down and we'll show you around. And so we did that. And, uh, and uh, my wife Charlotte had always had uh, reticence about Cap Dagd for, for the fact that it, that it advertises itself as a village naturista, uh, a naturist village and a nudist place. But um, their big marketing edge, of course, is the sex industry or the sex club industry, if you will. In that, and and again, let me be let me be clear at the outset here that uh, I don't wish to to pass judgment on people who want to have sex with non-monogamous partners or whatever they want to do. That I mean, that that's your choice. That's your lifestyle, and and there are there. Are, I work with college kids, so there are a lot of different ideologies about how relationships are formed and, and such like that. I, no judgment whatsoever, except that to us, the ideals of naturism uh, have to do with uh, the non-sexual element of that and simply to be able to enjoy being nude in a social nudity context and and not getting those, those wires crossed. And the French do that so well. They have these huge family nature centers and uh, that truly are, are catering to families and and people show up by the hundreds, by the thousands. The Monte uh, our favorite was La Genie, where we would take our children. So uh, so when an American went, let me say especially, I, I, perhaps it's a bit different in Canada, but over and over, if I, if I tell a, a person from the United States, oh, we go to France in the summer, to, to be naked, to go to a nature's place. They go, oh, you must go to that place. What it, what's it called? Cap Dagged. And yeah, well, yeah, we've been to Cap Dagged. So this particular day uh, that we went a couple of years ago uh, to, to show our friends around, uh, you can't miss the sexual vibe, the, the sexual energy, uh, the, the fetish wear, if you will, uh, just even in the restaurants and the bars and, and the main part of the town. Uh, but uh, that particular trip, we made the mistake of walking down the beach at around five in the afternoon. And um, and exhibitionist does not begin to describe it. And uh, and my wife in particular was just so deeply offended and so deeply, uh, I would say violated, actually. Uh, again, perhaps we can catch a clip from her. Uh, overwhelming shocking and after our last visit i intend never to go back again because i never have a need to it does not meet my naturist needs you can be naked there but it's not just about being naked um and while there's a variety of things you can no longer just sort of turn a blind eye because they are just staring you in the face seemingly every step of the way. And both Dan and I are really fine with the variety of people that there is in naturism, just like the variety of people there is in a textile world. You're, you're going to have 
so many different people and that's what enriches our lives. So when we were sitting in a bar, having drinks, we're completely fine with the, the transitioning person that's walking by, sort of half revealed, half not, and even seemingly to be making political statements as, as she walked by. That's fine. Um, you know, the first time we were there, you could tell there was a family area. You, you could tell there was the lifestylers. I, I don't even know what we want to call them because there's even within that range, there's such a wide variety. Um, and, and the first time Dan and I were on the beach, there was a same-sex couple that was just enjoying the sun, enjoying each other and making out, feeling somewhat amorous. That's fine. That just didn't phase me. But this last time, once we start walking down the beach and you see a husband and a wife sitting in the surf, she's sitting in the surf and giving her husband a blowjob, it's sort of like, okay, well, teach their own. But then as you continue farther and then out in the water is uh, a same-sex couple and one guy is giving another guy a blowjob, but there had to have been I would guess at least 100 men surrounding in a circle, just so intently watching, and they were all jerking off, which you guess like, okay, consensual, not my cup of tea to, to observe this, but it is what it is. It, it's obviously just goes on in a, in a different side of life that I choose not to partake in. But the one that really overwhelmed me was uh, on our walk back, there was a woman in the sand, and I really thought that she was having a sunstroke or an epileptic seizure or something, just the way that she was writhing in the sand. And there had to have been about four dozen men standing around her and all fondling themselves, all jerking themselves in any, any level within that. And then it dawned on me that she was simply masturbating. And again, I know there are people who like to objectify themselves. I know there are people, uh, it, 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 such a wide range, but that simply was the last straw for me because it is all around you and you can't, you, you, it seems like you can't avoid it. And even that evening we were having dinner and the number of people that parade by that I just thought, there's no, there's no simple naturism if that's what you're looking for here. Our friends uh, were one's 30 something, the other was uh, and male, the other is 20 something and female. They were relatively unfazed, I think, by the entire thing. Um, uh, but it was clear that <laughs> we wouldn't be visiting that place again. And I, I, I can't I can't even begin. Uh, you mentioned Nick and Lens; they'll speak to this as well. I can't even begin. This is not. Um, oh well, we were on the beach and somebody near us was getting amorous. That's or we were at the hotel pool and somebody was getting a little bit frisky. That that that's not that. This is this is profoundly uh, explicit displays of of sexual. Uh, behavior, sexual interaction, and 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 huge groups of onlookers. Uh, so, 
So, and again, not even to pass judgment. If that's what that, if that's what you're into, okay. But do not say that this is a naturist place. And so I, that's, that's been sort of our mission in advocating for other naked places in France is that if you really want to experience naturism, in fact, I think the name of my blog post on this is why a newbie naturist should not go to Capdat because it's whatever it is, it's not the quintessential French naturist experience. So Dan, some people will tell you or tell me um, that you can go to Capdag and not see that. You can just enjoy it as a naturist. Is that possible? Um, well, I, I, I would have tried to have made, made that case up to that last visit. Um, because we'd had a couple of visits that I would I would say that was marginally viable. Um, but but Stefan, I, I think that that it depends on whether you're willing to turn a blind eye. For instance, as uh, have you been there yourself? Yes, I have. In 1993, yeah. when it was still quite tame, actually. Ah, uh, okay. Um, yeah, and in fact, I would love to deviate because I, I know a little bit about the history of the place also, but I won't, I'll try and stand on the question. Uh, the um, Even as you walk in through, uh, there's a big parking lots back, back behind those huge kind of monolithic 1970s architecture structures with lots of apartments in them. And, and those apartment complexes have shops in the bottom. So number one, as you walk through the shops, uh, everybody gets excited. Well, wow, I get to go grocery shopping naked. Wouldn't that be interesting? Or I can go to the post office naked. It's in the, that's something to tell the kids at home. And yeah, that's yeah, you can do all of that. Uh, but as you're walking through those shops, uh, there'll be uh, several lingerie stores. And uh, the, the lingerie is not not conservative, I have to say. Uh, I, I think maybe two times ago that we were there, uh, you couldn't actually get to the main beach without walking past a nightclub that was operating at full full tilt at, at one in the afternoon uh, and with the throbbing pulsing music, which is fine, but then if you glance over and pole dancing and just a very, very strong sexual vibe. Uh, we we had joked up until that last visit about oh well look at that a woman is 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 walking her partner on a studded dog collar that's sort of intriguing to, to look at I guess uh, so some of that kind of, of of behavior if you will or or decor I don't know what you call it. Uh, you will find yourself here walking past as we were walking in the other day. Uh, and Charlotte glances down and goes, oh, that's nice. There's there's one of those nightclubs and there's a soiled condom in the in the doorway. So I guess if you're if you're really myopic and you're just going to try and get to the beach, you you can actually go to a restaurant and and but, but here's another ironic thing, uh, if you will, Stefan, I mean, at the restaurants, surprisingly few people are, are naked. At the grocery store, surprisingly few people are naked. On the beach, almost everybody is naked. Um, uh, yes, but to yeah, be so fair, it, you would have experienced that in the larger vacation resorts in France, nature's vacation resort in France. Often people are dressed in the restaurant. 
Yes, to be fair, that's that is correct. Although uh, what did strike me, you mentioned earlier on that we are here at Lucat. Um, mm -hmm. There are several uh, residential communities here at Lucat that where you can either, I think many of these are, are owned by people uh, and then sublet to people like us from the United States. Um, we're in Oasis, which is, I, I think, maybe the nicest, uh, that and Afrotidi, which is next door to us. Um, uh, when we arrived, uh, this was actually very satisfying, I have to tell you. Uh, when we arrived on Saturday, uh, uh, Saturday and Sunday were in just perfectly sunny. It was maybe uh, 28, 29 degrees Celsius, so mid-80s. Um, and not much wind, which uh, one thing that Cap Dog and Lukat share is that we're on part of this uh, Mediterranean coast that is habitually windswept. And which is why I think the naturists uh, were able to capture much of this prime real estate, if you will, is because the winds are ferocious. It's not the mistral. It's not the wind coming up from Africa. It's the wind coming down from the north and um, and can whip the sand up. And that we've experienced that at Kaptagd. And, uh, and since Sunday, we've experienced that here. Uh, it was much better today. Uh, but... Uh, but when we walked out onto the beach on Saturday, when we arrived at Lukat, uh, there must have been between one and 2,000 people on the beach. It's about a kilometer long. Uh, I would say 98, 99% naked. And, um, and in here, in the village is not nearly as expansive as a place like Kapdag with all its commercial enterprises and such. But, um, but just almost 100% naked. Here. And so if, if, to me, if I'm going to travel to Europe to go to a nature's destination and and most of the people are dressed uh, and 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 also to be fair uh, to compare that uh, when we've gone to places in Provence like Belézy or La Sablière or uh, Oregon uh, near Nice, uh, that tends to be a little bit more naked. People in France do dress for dinner, but uh, if you go to the big nature centers like Montelevé or La Genie or, or Euronaut on the, on the Atlantic, there's also a practical matter, and that is it's freaking cold when the sun goes down on the, on the Atlantic. Mm. On the Mediterranean, it's, it's a lot warmer. So there's, there's some climate climate issues there too. Yes, right? when we were at Montelevé, there was a group of us from Canada that I organized the trip. Uh, we're quite used to cooler weather, and uh, we, people started joking about the Canadians who are always naked because, yeah, no, what do you mean? 22 degrees? That's warm. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I always used to say, Charlotte will get naked at 20 degrees, um, maybe maybe 22 or 23 now. <laughs> so going to other places, is there anything that you would experience at Cap Dag, uh, other than obviously the, the sex clubs, I suppose, um, that you would uh, not ex be able to experience in other nature's places in France? Uh, well, in fact, actually, there's sort of a... We've experienced a little bit of... Um, what's the word? I don't want to say backlash. But, for instance, if we go... Uh, well, so let me, let me, by contrast, describe La Genie, which I think, if, if the weather were a little bit better, and it's on the Atlantic Ocean, so what are you going to do? 
but if the weather were a little bit better, then that would be hands down our always go-to place. Uh, La Genie is not unlike Montalivet or Uranat, um, uh, a large family-oriented nature center uh, on an expansive beach. They call that the Côte d'Argent. So it's the Silver Coast that stretches up. So you can walk quite a long ways. Uh, we've never been able to outwalk the nature's zone in La Genie. I suspect that at high season, there are um, perhaps two to 3,000 people in residence at La Genie, I, which I suspect maybe the numbers are a bit more at Montalivet, but you get you get the proportion of the place, right? Mm -hmm. So if if you tell your friends at dinner uh, in, in La Genie or Montalivet, oh yeah, well, we just came from, from Cap d'Agne, they'll, they'll look at, oh, are, are you like that? Uh, do you know? I mean, yeah. well, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, we, we just had to, we just had to see it. Uh, so, and, and the difference is, is quite, quite striking right from the outset. And that is that La Genie, Montelevay, all of those, there's four big resorts on the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. Um, um, and they are all very much catering to the same people that would go to uh, to Yosemite or to Yellowstone or to the Grand Canyon or, you know, that it's it's a family vacation destination uh, where the activities and the facilities and the amenities are are calibrated to attract and keep families happy, um, and and by contrast, we have seen families. Uh, a few, not a lot. We have seen families at at Cap Dagd. Um and so there must have been a, a talk in the car. Oh well, kids, this is what you're going to see when you go there, or a talk on the way home in the car. I I I, I don't know how that works really in a French family, um, but um, but you know, there's there's sort of one of the, I, I'm trying to remember the right phraseology, if you will. But if it's something that you have to explain to your children or to your mother, then it's, it's probably not a, not really naturist. So <laughs> uh, we've sort of have used that as our rule of thumb that we've never experienced anything um, at, at the Atlantic resorts or most any other place. In, but in but what about on the positive, you know, the so the oppressed naturists, especially in North America, dream of the idea of a naked city. The idea that they can go grocery shopping, to the, to, they can go to do their banking, they can drive their car nude, they can go and go to restaurants nude. Is Capdag the only place you can do that? Uh, well, here, uh, no, no. In fact, actually, uh, this evening... This evening, we stopped at the little beachside bar here at Lucat and uh, shared a bichet de vin, uh, a pitcher of wine, and uh, and watched the waves and the boats go by. And uh, that was completely clothing optional. Most people at the, at the terrace were naked. And then we walked over to the, the uh, Centre Commercial, the, the commercial center with several shops and we bought some groceries and some bread for tomorrow and there's a butcher there and we could have stopped at the restaurant uh, but we didn't uh, a sundry store so that all can be done naked so here. does it feel and, like you're and, in a, a naked city quote unquote 
Uh, it feels like you're in a naked uh, resort. It feels like perhaps, you know, I, I often use comparisons, even though we've never been people to go to the Outer Banks in the Carolinas. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, how I imagine that, you know, there's these cluster of ho holiday homes that are, excuse me, that are organized uh, either around a, a water feature or you know, this is the best beach or, and, and those will have a small commercial center, right? That mm -hmm. where perhaps there'll be a laundromat and a grocery store and, and uh, uh, a sundry store. And so that's, that's what we typically find in nature centers and the, and the larger ones, as you know, in Montelevay, their commercial center there in the middle is sort of the center of activity. Actually, that's something La Genie does particularly well is that uh, there's a pizzeria and different uh, merchants each day selling one day, the butcher comes one day, the cheese guy comes one day and, and and a supermarket and a, a newsstand and and but but interestingly that is the nexus of the village and there's people moving in and out of that space all the time and it's near the pool and there's a pool bar and so a, a really excellent vibe and a really healthy vibe and and here's a here's a big part stefan that that really struck us in the family naturism part of this uh that when we started going to la genie uh we were immediately struck by the fact that two things i think one is that in the united states naturism is largely considered by itself an adult activity this is something we did after our children left the house or this is something that we are doing together as a couple in our second marriage or this is and our, our children don't know or like whatever that is right um and uh and that's completely antithetical to to the French idea of a family nature's place with, no, this is something that I did as a child and now we're doing for our children and we do it with our our parents. So it's not uncommon, the family nature's place in, in France to see three generations, four generations even, of, of a nature's family. And on Friday night at 11 o'clock, the children are there and the 20-somethings are there and the 40-somethings are there and the 60 pluses are there, right? They're, and they're all dancing and they're all having a great time and they're all at the bar, but nobody is fall down embarrassingly intoxicated. It's it's just a community. That is not the vibe at Cop Dog. That, that, that when the sun goes down to Cop Dog, the people that are still around are, the, are, are looking for adult entertainment. And, and again, that's not to pass an opinion on adult entertainment. It's just a different thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, and an, 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 a, a, a flavor of adult entertainment that involves, involves, uh, a more liberal view of, <laughs> of interpersonal relations than we, we happen to, to hold. So, I, so what, so, but just from what you describe though, you're describing places that are, like vacation resorts, but isn't Capdag more um, really the only place then you experience the feeling of being in a city where you don't have to wear clothes? Ah, yeah. So, and that actually, I'm glad you pulled me back. Uh, ironically, and here again, I will, I will, uh, I will make inference to a couple of places in the United States that 
that have found a, a stronger market in the sexual vibe than they have in the in the what I would call the holistic naturist vibe, if you will. Um, that we find that people that are there for sexual reasons are not always that eager to be casually naked. And that has created a very interesting distinction. So ironically, when you are in the, the, the commercial center of, of Cap Dagd, it's less likely that people will be naked there. You can go to the grocery store naked. Nobody will stop you. Nobody will bat an eye. And you can get the photo op. <laughs> but chances are that if I, if I go to the market tomorrow morning here where we're staying in Lukat, everybody in the store will be naked. Mm -hmm. uh, so ironically, the naked city is less naked than most other nature's destinations in France. Yeah. Uh, because people that are there for the sexual activity, people that are there, they, they may or may not think of themselves as nature's or as they may or may to say directly, they may or may not enjoy just being naked for naked sake. They, they're really there for the sexual part. Um, okay. And so your children, being I'm going to make a segue here so and then Samantha can decide if she's going to drop it. Okay. And, and then you can decide if it's too divergent. I did, I did quite a bit of reading because I, we actually will go from here uh, to a nature's place in Provence uh, on the, the Verdun Gorge, uh, camping Verdun. And uh, then from there, we can sort of make an annual pilgrimage to Ile de Levant. Mm, yes. And, uh, and Ile de Levant uh, has a storied past in the 60s and 70s of a big swinger culture, if you will. Uh, and a lot of Germans were coming down. And, and, and it was such a moneymaker uh, for for the, the government on the mainland here uh, that they just sort of turned their head the other way and let it happen. <clears throat> and uh, so I, my sense is that in the 60s and early 70s, uh, the, the, the island, uh, Ile de Levant, was really quite uh, a swinger paradise until Cap d'Agde opened. And um, so I read the, this, this book about the history of French naturism. And when Cap d'Agde opened to be, intending to be the ultimate nirvana for the French naturists. And again, this was happening uh, maybe a decade or more after Montalivet opened. Uh, then all the swingers said, well, we don't have to get on a boat and go to this little island. We can, we can go to Cap d'Agde. And... By and large, they left the little island and left it quiet. And there's, you can still find that activity on the island if you want to, but, but there are several inns that cater to, to people who are not looking for that. And now it's just a sleepy little island again, uh, now, where nature is in the sprint. Yeah, sex on the beach, though, is illegal in France. Sex in public is illegal in France. Uh, is there nobody trying to stop that at Cap Dag, as far as you could tell? Uh, well, you know, and that would be part of that narrative from the from that that uh, biographer as well. Uh, in that, uh, well, let me answer your question. No, on <laughs> 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 cop dog, clearly nobody. I, I don't even know how at this point you would stop it. It would be like stopping motorcycles at Sturgis. I mean, it 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 it. it, it, it 
that is the the reason to exist i think for especially that part of the beach um which and that part of the beach that makes it sounds like you have to go looking for it you you really can't step off the the main promenade without you can't be on the main promenade without being uh surrounded with sexual imagery and text even if you are if you don't speak a word of french it's very clear what the vibe is Hmm. um and uh if you step off the promenade and onto the beach particularly as in in the late afternoon then that's so uh if there was ever an effort my 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 understanding is for many years they tried to combat it but uh but in reading about that i there's so much money that flows into that place uh from people that are looking for that thing and again i i have to say in the united states this has been a problem as well is that that if you can attract a really vibrant crowd that's willing to pay money uh to to party in that particular way uh yeah i i don't know well there are different People business are, models okay. and that's that's okay too yeah. um you know my issue is always uh, be true to who you are are you call it what it is yeah are you a nature city or are you a libertine city if you're a libertine city then it's that's fine right. just call yourself that's right that. um, and you know, an appendage to that when one of our visits to uh Ile de levant was with our two adult daughters they were in their early 20s at that point um had I read the TripAdvisor reviews, I, I keep putting this in my blog posts, had I read the TripAdvisor reviews, I would have found that the place that we stayed that particular time is quite popular with libertines. And so for your listeners, libertines in the United States, we call them swingers. So, um, yeah, I'll, I, uh, I will, let me just adjust a little bit if I can. Libertines is uh, we, generally swingers, but it, it's any liberated sexual attitudes. Right, so okay. it, that's better. You, you, you do, it, it's a little broader than swingers, actually. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Which, and again, I, I think that's actually a really, a really important point because, again, I, I think that the ideals about monogamy and all of that have changed greatly in religion and all of that. So, just continued wrapping back to your point of but tell us what it is right tell us where we're going tell us what we're signing on for and so what i had not paid attention to on that particular booking was that we had we had booked into a hotel that was very libertine friendly and i think had it just been my wife and myself we would have made that work and said uh but it, it just felt very awkward with our young adult daughters. Uh, again, a conversation that I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so it pays to read the fine print. So as you can hear, Cap Dag is hardly the ultimate naturist destination. At least if you think naturism is, as I do, uh, about acceptance and not about sex. And I think most naturists believe that, although there are plenty of people who don't understand naturism and call themselves naturists and mix it up with all kinds of sexual activity. Um, I was, uh, when I was in France, I went to, I was walking the streets and I passed a, a massage parlor. Now, clearly it was a 
rub and tug, as we say, massage parlor. Um, and it said massage naturist, naturist massage on it. So, you know, the c- confusion is not just in North America. It's everywhere. Everyone who doesn't understand a movement thinks that naturism or nudism is just about being nude and, of course, is connected to sexuality. So, But it doesn't have to be, and it is not in most of the naturist resorts I've been to. So why did that happen at Capdag? Why did it fail as a naturist resort and go in the direction of the libertines, as they say in France, the sexually liberated people? And again, I don't want to be judging. I have no problem with that. I, I, I don't. There is a place for people who are interested in that kind of activity, and I don't have a. There's no moral or judgment there, but it's not naturism. And the fact that this is called a naturist village and a naturist quarter is what bothers me, and it bothers the other folks that uh, you heard. So why did that happen, and it doesn't happen in the other places, at least not to that extent? And why does it continue to be such a mythic destination that everybody talks about, like it's the ultimate place? Well, the fact that it's a city is, in my opinion, the, the actually the problem. Because, you see, Cap Dag is not a resort. Cap Dag is a section of the city of Agde that was designated and developed as a place where people could build up naturism, uh, naturist resorts, naturist vacation destinations, villas, and everything else in a naturist environment. So there is no central management in fact, one of the problems that I read about not very long ago is that there's some problems in the, in the town in terms of maintenance because all of the property owners who get together, they have a sort of union, uh, and they can't agree on how money should be spent to maintain the area. There, there are a variety of property owners, a whole lot of them, and because it's a city that, that the management is, has to be the least possible because it's government. We all agree in Western democracies that government intervention should be minimized as much as possible. And in a city where you own land, the restriction on what you can do on that land is very limited. But if you go to equally large resorts like uh, Montalivet that we've talked about in previous uh, podcasts, uh, and you can, I'll put a link to the show no, in the show notes to that one as well, uh, there you do have a centralized management. And there is a shopping area with stores and restaurants in Montalivet. Uh, there are, it is enormous, maybe not as enormous as Cap Dag, but you still have about 4,000 campsites and it attracts, I think, about 20,000, so half what Cap Dag does, uh, people every summer. But over there, when you lease a shop, the space for that shop, there the, the management can say, no, you're not going to have a pornographic video shop. Okay, video, renting video is old school, but that's one of the things I saw in 1993 when I was there, which I thought was weird. Or, no, you're not going to have a swingers nightclub. But what happened at Cap Dag is somebody, there's always that pressure. There's always the people with the wrong idea that come into naturist resorts. There's a market for that, and they are often intrigued by all the nude people thinking that that's a fertile ground for their hunting for new partners, shall we say, for their activities. And at Cap Dag, when I was there in 93, there were already stores selling pornography in videos, and they were nightclubs with, which had definitely had an adult theme to it. And so nobody could stop that because it was private property that they had. They could do, run legal businesses without interference, whether people around them liked it or not. 
But as families and true nature saw that, they started to avoid Capdag. And the more they did, the more other businesses started going towards the the business that was coming in as it gained more and more of a reputation of a, a destination for the sexually adventurous. And today, when I was there in 93, we were sitting in this Heliopolis, which is a famous semicircle uh, building that's four or five stories high that you will see in a lot of the pictures, and it's right on the beach. And when I was there, and in the 1984 documentary from W5, of course, you see the swimming pools, you see the water slide, you see all the fun family stuff and activities. But if you go to today, or if you look at pictures from today, you will see that the area has been filled in. And that their buildings have been built right on the beach. And right on the beach, the first thing you see from the beach is a swingers club. Uh, and there's no question about it by the advertising, by the name of it, by the, the, the posters, and definitely by their website. So it's not that I'm judging. That's, they're, they're clear about who they are. And again, I don't have a problem with that. But the whole rest of the place calls themselves a naturist village. They can should call themselves the Libertine Village or the place for the sexually adventurous. I think that's awesome. Then if people know what they're going for, nobody will be shocked and disappointed. Those who don't want that won't go there, and those who will know exactly where they're going. And there will be less confusion in the world. But I think that that's the problem. The problem is you have a resort which is not a resort. It is a simply a neighborhood of the town of Agde, and therefore the control over naturism is there. And one of the ultra brothers, I forget which one, actually expressed concern about that um, when it was being built because they realized that the nature of the private property ownership, because all that France did in the development is enable that kind of thing to happen by building the infrastructure. It was up to individuals to build those villas and those apartments. And that is where the ultra saw that the weakness, how can you control what private owners could do? You can't kick them out and you can't tell them what to do. And of course, that was dismissed as being self-serving because they thought, oh yeah, yeah, you're going to lose all kinds of business because nobody's going to want to go to the campground when there's a fancy concrete uh, resort that people can stay in, which is so much more cozy. As it turns out, the, the camping today is probably more, far more naturist than the rest, and it's still extremely busy. So the, the, he, they weren't concerned about that when they were criticizing it. They were concerned about exactly what happened. So it's important to keep that in mind and to stay vigilant because there's always confusion about what naturism is about, and you have to keep educating, and you have to keep fighting for true naturist values as in uh you know as i describe it ethical naturism and if you don't then it can go in many directions and it can go either way but if you want to have those values and if that's what you're looking for we have to educate we have to be clear about what it is to make sure that it doesn't happen to the club the, our club, the club we belong to, or the clubs that uh, you visit and you vacation at. So that'll be all for this episode of The Naturist Living Show. Thank you, as always, for listening. Again, my name is Stéphane Deschain, and I'm your host for this podcast and the owner of Baroque's Family Naturist Park. And I make the show with lots of help from Samantha Graham, who you heard at the beginning of the show thanking you for the support that she is getting on Patreon, because... 
All the money that you are giving to Patreon goes towards uh, supporting Samantha so she can make this part of her job, uh, so she can make it easier for me by producing the show and doing all the time-consuming editing. So if you are donating, again, thank you. And if you haven't and would you like to, uh, you go to patreon.com slash show. All one word. You can find links, as I mentioned throughout the show, to everything I mentioned on our website, which is at naturistlivingshow.com. And please keep sending your comments and your suggestions. I really appreciate getting them. Uh, the show's email address is contact at naturistlivingshow.com. You can also call and leave a comment and take as many tries as you want. And you can even delete it afterwards if you don't like it. We can't promise we'll use it, but we'll definitely listen to it as we read all of the comments we receive. The show's phone number is country code 1, area code 905-473-6060, or Skype Bear Oaks, one word. And then that puts you in the main uh, queue for the auto attendant for Bear Oaks Family Nature's Park. And the show, the Nature's Living Show's extension is 333. I hope you enjoy the show and that you'll join us again for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show. This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. Traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca. naturistes en France, dont 20 000 à Sérignan et au Cap d'Agde. C'est le cas de la station la plus connue, le Cap d'Agde. Fondé en 1974, le quartier naturiste comprend un camping, des immeubles et 2 km de plage, exclusivement réservés aux tout nus. Une idée du gouvernement Pompidou. Un projet touristique à 3 milliards de francs, presque 500 millions d'euros. Une première qui allait attirer des milliers de vacanciers. C'est agréable de pouvoir être au soleil, pouvoir vivre librement. À cette époque, c'était l'âge d'or de la philosophie naturiste. 30 ans plus tard, le nombre de touristes a été multiplié par 4. 40 000 adeptes du bronzage intégral se rendent chaque été au Cap d'Agde. 
mais on est bien loin de l'idéal de vie des débuts. La station balnéaire est devenue un véritable business. Le quartier naturiste est séparé du reste de la ville par cette barrière. Il faut payer pour se déshabiller. Tout est sous contrôle, les caméras et les appareils photos sont priés de passer leur chemin.